Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Uh, DeMar Hamlin, the Bills defensive back last night, goes down. Uh, I'm sure many of you were watching it while it happened. Uh, Those that weren't watching at the time, I'm sure you have seen the video and you've been following this story like all of us have over the past 12, 13, 14 hours. And uh, it, it it was a tough scene. Hamlin gets hit. He gets up. He wobbles a little bit. And then he falls straight back. Uh, was not moving on the field. Uh, I've just kind of come accustomed to the idea of when somebody's out like that, you immediately think concussion, Greg. What did you think when you saw the hit and, and kind of everything that happened uh, shortly thereafter? Yeah, I mean, look, you know, when it immediately happened, um, you were thinking um, sort of some sort of concussion, um, possibly, you know, neck related, something along those lines. Uh, but very quickly, um, I think everyone and, you know, once you saw sort of the reaction of the players on the field, yeah. you knew that this was an extremely serious situation. This was something different. And, you know, just by the reaction of the football players, this is this was something different than um, a tough injury or something like that. This was um, someone's life was in the balance on a football field. Uh, unfortunately, it's not the first time this has happened. It's been a while. Um, you know, 1971, there was a Lions player who passed away on the field during a game. There was another Lions player who needed CPR. Um, I think in the, in, in the eighties, if I'm not mistaken, um, you know, unfortunately these things happen. Um, you know, once you sort of heard about what happened about how he got up and then fell down, uh, you know, I don't know about you, Nick, but, um, I had immediately immediate thoughts of Hank gathers, the uh, Loyola Marymount player um, who who collapsed and died on a uh, college basketball court. One of the biggest stars in college basketball at the time, Reggie Lewis, of course, um, with the Celtics, uh, you know, collapsed during a Celtics practice. And, you know, unfortunately these things happen um, in sports and uh, the game becomes very much secondary Um and, uh, you know, I, I think this is it's basically uncharted territory for a lot of people, given that, you know, it's it's been a long time since it happened in an NFL game. I think that the NFL was trying to do its best last night. I, you, I know they're going to get criticized. Everybody loves to criticize everything. And everyone is the greatest um, armchair quarterback in 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 history. Um you know, given hindsight and, and other things. But I thought the NFL, I thought that, you know, basically what happens really is they defer to the on-field officials who interact with the head coaches. And, you know, from what I understand from some of the people, um, you know, involved in the game that, uh, you know, basically the Bengals looked at what the Bills were going through and and looked at Sean McDermott and just like, you know, we – we can't continue, you know, I mean, whatever you guys want to do, like, let's go back to the locker room, assess what's the the entire situation. And I think it was, it was pretty quickly apparent to everyone 
that this game was not going to continue. They just look, there's no playbook for this. And so um, no one's going to be perfect. No one's going to handle a situation like this. Perfect. And I thought at the end of the day, the bottom line is, you know, kudos to the emergency personnel on staff and the NFL's uh, protocols for that, their trauma, you know, they, they have extensive testing uh, with, you know, on-field trauma, trauma centers, you know, how they deal with these things. I think, you know, those things probably saved DeMar Hamlin's life last night on the football field. Um, and, you know, I, I think that at the end of the day, I thought it was handled about as well as you could. And, you know, the other thing that I know about this situation is the NFL will continue. And, you know, now we just need to see how that happens. Yeah, we'll get into uh, how the NFL moves forward here and what some teams have done today. And where we're taping this, we should say we're taping this at about 10 o'clock my time, one o'clock Eastern. So we don't know what's going to happen the remainder of the day. Uh, we're talking about DeMar Hamlin himself and, and his condition. He's in critical condition right now as we speak. And of course, if the NFL comes out with anything regarding any games or whatever, we, we will not be privy to that information. So I just want to kind of put that disclaimer in this. Uh, a couple things I, I would say, number one, yes, on the first responders and the ability to get to uh, Hamlin as quickly as they did might end up saving this young man's life. He's 24 years old. And if, if this had happened anywhere else, I, I don't think he, he survives, you know, within the next 20 minutes. Uh, he, by all accounts, was coding. I mean, they, they restored his heartbeat on the field. And so just logistically, if that happens to anybody that, you know, are, are not anywhere close to any kind of emergency personnel and, and first responders who can give the person the medical treatment that they desperately need within those, you know, seconds to, to minute. It, it usually does not end well. So uh, that, that's no doubt about that. I, I do think the NFL uh, could have done a, a little bit better of a job or a better job uh, getting the message out there as, as soon as possible. I thought, you know, 71 minutes, I think it was, and, until calling the game was long. Um, I, I think once you see the reaction of the players and the NFL is fully aware of what's going on, trust me, they were fully aware that this young man coded, they were fully aware that CPR was being administered. And once you get that word, I think it's at that point where you make the necessary phone call to the PA and say, all right, we're going to stop this game right now. We, we can't continue this game no matter, because to me, and I tweeted this last night, you can't leave it up to the coaches. You can't leave it up to the players in this instance, Sean McDermott did what was right for the team and what was, what was humane and so did Zach Taylor. And I tip my cap to both of those guys understanding the moment saying, yeah, we can't do this, but this is Roger Goodell's call that, that, that is what is in the CBA. This is Goodell's call. And yes, he has to make it with the PA, but anybody watching this, look, 20 minutes in 30 minutes in, I get 71 minutes later does seem like it was a little prolonged to me. And as soon as you see Stefan Diggs crying and Josh Allen crying and Tredavious White so emotional and you are no doubt getting reports from the field. If you're the NFL, right? Donna Ponte, who's always there. She was there last night. You are fully aware of what's going on on the field. This is not like Roger Goodell was trying to figure out the condition of DeMar Hamlin. He knew, he knew CPR was being administered. He knew that this young man, his heart stopped. 
at that moment, you've got to say, okay, here's plan A. Plan A is we're not continuing this game. And I did think the NFL dragged their feet. I would also say the NFL did not do themselves any favors by, by having the phone call, the conference call last night, because it, it certainly seemed like there was some damage control being had. There's, there's questioning about the five minute warm up that was told to the teams. Um, Joe Buck spoke with the New York post this morning and, and Buck said, Hey, listen, we got that from John Parry and John Parry was in direct communication with the league office. And the league comes out last night and says, we didn't say anything about a five minute warm up. So there's only a couple of options here. Joe Buck went rogue, which is not happening. Trust me when I tell you as a media member, Joe Buck uh, intentionally said as, as less as he could last night, because it's not his role to give you information and guess what's going on. He intentionally gave you just, what he could give you in the moment. And so I don't think Joe Buck is going rogue and saying five minute warm up for the guys. Um, John Parry going rogue. Doesn't seem to me like John Parry would go rogue on national television. Somebody had to give that information to Parry. Now, who did he speak to in the league office? All of that stuff that'll have to get figured out, but it certainly seems like the, the perception right now is that the NFL did some damage control last night saying we didn't mention any five minute warm up. It came from the league office because I don't think anybody on that field is making that decision in that moment. I don't think anybody is clear headed enough in that moment to make that decision. So that five minute warm up came from somewhere. And that is also just a terrible, terrible decision. Like there was, there seemed like there was no room for humanity last night. It seemed like there were a lot of people rushing to decisions and trying to figure things out. And at that moment, I just think everybody needed to sit back and say, okay, first and foremost, we have a player who just lost his heartbeat on the field. And Nick, Nick hang on, hang on. I'm going to, I'm going to interject here. Like I sure. just, I, I just disagree. I mean, you know, there is no precedent for this. Look, we have had players backboarded off of games. Um, Ryan Shazier, you know, yep. barely ever walked again. There are players who yep. haven't walked again, who have been taken off on stretchers, um, yep. you know, with their, their careers in balance. And, you know, they have resumed play. They've, re- there, there was a, you know, it, it, it had, there, there are protocols in place, which is basically like, you know, I'm sure they treated this like, it was a spinal injury where it's like, all right, the hospital leaves the field. This is what we do. There's a five minute warn up. Then, it, then they realize, you know, all right, this is, this is different. This has been 50 years since this happened on a football field. Like I just don't, right. I just don't see the point in at the end of the day, they did what they were supposed to do and how it happened. I don't, I don't really think it's important in my opinion. You're free to disagree. I just don't, I just don't see the point of it. At the end of the day, the play didn't play didn't resume. They cleared the field. And, you know, now we'll see what happens after that. Yeah. The point of it is that the NFL has this uh, reputation. And I think justifiably deserved of not caring about the players as much as they could or should. Um, you can go just through like the every, just like every other league. I mean, you know, yeah. it, it, it's just like every other business, you know, businesses, it's big business, you know, they big business. Amazon doesn't care about the people in their factories, you know, stuff right. in boxes. Like, I mean, you know, it is what it is at a certain point. And like, I know but it's Amazon, the NFL and we love to talk about it. It's not, it's not a government 
body. It's a private body that can right. do whatever they want. And the NFLPA has a say in it. They have a, a union for these players to protect them. And if they don't do a good enough job, that's on them. Like that, if, if they wanted more of a say in things like that, they should have held out for more in the CBA. It is the way it is, is the way that it is. And I, I just don't understand. I know they're an easy target, but I just don't understand the need to, uh, to for people to always like we, we understand they're the big guy they're it's big business they're the bad guy you know but at the end of the day play didn't resume the bills left town they took care of their teammate and you know all is well so. yeah i would say amazon's not on national television and i would say that again i would not compare this to any other injury that's happened on the field unless you're telling me that the person's heart stopped and Damar Hamlin, literally, according to reports and, and whatever other, others have said, Damar Hamlin died on the field last night. And so I would separate that from Ryan Shazier. I would separate it from any spinal injury. The man, his heartbeat stopped. And his teammates and other players witnessed the man's heartbeat done. They witnessed the, the CPR given. This was a different kind of urgency. Everybody has said it. Um, those that have called games, those that have been around these kinds of, you know, situations, this was much different. And I just think once you see that, and once the NFL knows that somebody's heart stopped on the field, it's not a hard decision. I'm sorry. It's not a hard decision. I, I understand it's big business and I understand all these other things, but when you hear that a human being's heart has stopped and that they're literally trying to revive this guy in front of players at that point, you've got to say as a human being, this can't go on. And so I just thought, you know, 71 minutes was long, but it is what it is. We'll agree to disagree. Let's talk about moving forward now, Greg. So, so several teams canceled media today, including the Patriots. Um, David Cantor, who is a well-known agent throughout the NFL world, tweeted out that, you know, can the NFL postpone play for two or three weeks? And then he followed that up quickly and said, well, if you can't do it for two or three weeks, can we postpone this for at least a week? Before we get into the specifics with the Bills and Patriots, because that, that to me is an entirely different conversation. Just the league as a whole. No, you know what? Let's, let's, start, with the, let's start with the Bills and Patriots and, and the Bills right now. And then we'll go to the bigger picture. Greg, I don't know about you, but I just cannot see the Buffalo Bills playing a football game. I don't know, within the next few days, week. I just, I don't know how you can go through what they went through and then rev up their bodies and minds to get back onto the football field to play a game. Uh, okay. I mean, um, I, I, I didn't know that, um, we're going to sort sort of start there. So I'm sort of speaking on the fly right now. Um, uh, you know, look, I will say the NFL is going to move forward and it, and it's, it ain't taking a two or three week break. I can tell you that much. It's just, it's the way it's, these things happen and that DeMar, it would be different if we were talking about um, the unfortunate that, you know, he passed away um, on the field. And then you're talking, okay. Um, but, you know, I, and I haven't seen the latest reports. Um, I don't know if they've been updated since late last night about how, like, he was intubated and his vitals are better or, or something along those lines. But, it, you know, it looks like he's in critical condition, I think, is the last report. Um, yes. Uh, 
you know, look, and, and I thought Mike Silver um, did a good job pointing this out today. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs, I think in 2011, um, you know, had a player, uh, Javon Belcher, uh, drive into their parking lot um, after murdering his girlfriend and killed himself in front of Scott Pioli and Romeo Canal, yep. and the Chiefs played the next day. Yep. Um, you know, this is – I could see I, – I don't think uh, I think the Bills are playing at some point this weekend, um, especially if Hamlin continues to improve. Um, you know, could it be pushed to Monday? Yeah, that's a possibility. Um, but uh, and, and I'm sure the NFL world is shaken. That was one of my first thoughts that I'm sure there are a lot of um, difficult, um, you know, conversations going on. But these guys, these guys know what they signed up for. I mean, they, this, this permeates their sort of bubble, their warrior like bubble where, uh, you know, they under, they don't think about it, but they know every time they take it, every time they make a hit, their life's in danger. This is, this is the game of football. It, it happens, happens in hockey as well. in other contact sports, um, I, I think that, uh, very quickly here, probably by tonight, uh, we will hear, start to hear plans that the NFL has. The NFL is, is going to happen. Um, at, I, I do not see them, you know, now it gets into, you know, what's the best case scenario, you know, for everybody involved. Um, I think they go on and play this weekend's games. Um, you know, it's possible that, uh, the bills get pushed back to Monday, um, or Tuesday possibly, uh, with what they're dealing with. But again, you know, it's Tuesday right now. Sunday right. is is a ways away. Monday is even further away. And and things that this is this is not even 24 hours afterwards. Everybody's raw. Everybody sort of, um, you know, fl- you know, I, how do I term this? Just, you know, I don't want to say um, overreact because it's not overreact. I mean, we haven't seen that on a football field, but they're just emotional right now. In 48 hours, things could look a lot different. And you know, I would expect the NFL by tonight or at the latest tomorrow morning to have a concrete plan going forward. I think the easiest thing is to play this weekend's games, uh, possibly move back the Bills game to Monday, uh, and then see what happens. You, There's a scenario where you might not need to play Bengals-Bills again. That is, uh, I did a column on it last night. So that is if... Uh, if the if the Chiefs and the Bengals lose this weekend and the Bills beat the Patriots, they're, the AFC's top three seeds are locked in. There's no changing right. even if the Bills beat even if the Bengals beat the Bills uh, because of certain head to head tiebreakers like the Bills over the Chiefs. Um, so, you know, I I think it's play this weekend's games, see what happens, and then it's either either you play Bills. Bengals, uh, you sort of delay the playoffs by the week, eat into the Super Bowl by week, which I am in favor of. They did it after September 11th. Um, they could also they have a lot of practice with, you know, moving things around during the covid year where you could say we're going to play, uh, you know, we're going to play. But if we're going to play Buffalo, uh, Cincinnati on, you know, night, like a Thursday and then you're moving if the bills have a buy, you're moving the Bengals wild card game to Tuesday. Like, you know, that sort of thing. That's the type of thing that they did during COVID. So it's not that they don't have any experience doing that. Uh, but you know, to me, I, I would be highly surprised if there is no football this weekend, I would say the only thing that I see them doing is possibly, 
uh, moving the Bills game, Bills Patriots game to Monday night. Yeah, it, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Um, you know the the reaction of the players throughout this week, like you said. Um, you know, obviously, it's a very tough situation health wise for Demar Hamlin right now, and we certainly hope that he recovers and is able to to turn this thing around and and, and be relatively healthy for the rest of his life. But I, I do think a lot depends on what happens here in the next forty eight hours. Uh, if 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 there's a situation where things are kind of stagnant or, you know, hopefully, you know, God forbid this doesn't happen or gets, gets worse in any kind of way. I don't think the league can turn around and ask the bills to play this week. Um, I think, I think it'll depend. And, and the Kansas city chiefs thing is, is certainly um, an interesting, you know, comparison and how it was handled at, at that point and what was done there. Um, I would say that this situation is different from the chiefs because there wasn't the entire team to witness what happened. And Romeo Cornell was there. I believe Scott Pioli was there, um, but really nobody else. Right. I don't think there were any players that were there in that moment. So I think you can can compartmentalize things differently. You know, if you, if you lose somebody in your life and you've got to go to work in the next couple of days I think, you know, dependent on the situation, you can do that. If you were there to witness it, that takes a completely different emotional and mental toll on you. And if you are the Bills and you're Tredavious White and and, and others that were obviously just shook to the core by what they were witnessing last night, I think that does a different kind of job on you, so to speak, than hearing that somebody took their life in the parking lot without actually seeing it. I don't know if there were, you know, if there were chiefs players that witnessed that, I don't know if guys would be able to play the next day that were there to witness that. So it's, it's, it is a lot of newfound territory here. Unfortunately, it's something that we never want to see and have to talk about and go through. But I just, unless Hamlin, unless Damar Hamlin, um, turns for the better here within the next 24 to 48 hours. I have no idea what the hell the NFL is going to do. I, I, I don't think they can go back to the bills and say, you're playing on Sunday. Like you said, maybe they kick it to Monday. Maybe they kick it to Tuesday. I, I don't know what they do, um, but that's going to be, that's going to be interesting because obviously that affects the Patriots and you know, when the Patriots would play. So it, it's, it's all, like I said, newfound territory. I just want to mention one more note before we move to the dolphins and Patriots. Um, there are more good people in this world than bad. And one example of that was the tremendous reaction and response by so many people across this country that found out about DeMar Hamlin and the foundation that he had begun to help children in in a toy drive. And his goal was to hit 2,500 bucks. I think it was. And, um, as of this morning, the last time I checked, it was over $4 million and, and people are just rushing to the GoFundMe page, donating money because that's all that they can do right now. That that's, that is showing the solidarity and support for this 24 year old man who by all accounts, by the way, is a very, very good dude and does a lot of good things. Um, so look, I don't know him personally, but I, I do think it says an awful lot about people that they would quickly try to do whatever they could 
five bucks, 10 bucks, 50 bucks. We've seen players, Lawrence guy. I know Brian Hoyer, several Patriots have donated money to this GoFundMe page. I think that says a lot about humankind. So sometimes we get wrapped up in Twitter and stuff in our polarizing world. This is just the latest reminder that there are a lot more people that do good than bad. And, uh, it, it was, it was, it was nice. It was a nice silver lining to see last night, people getting together and doing that. So, and also bills and Bengals fans outside the hospital, you know, having prayer circles for, for the young man. 